rom-com movies are now hard for me to understand. They'll be like, this man, he's like amazing for me, rich and can take care of me, or this man's like exciting, and I don't know which one I should choose, and I'm like, just them both. Yeah, you both. Can have them both. Get after it, girl. You also both. don't know if either of them are good at sex. This program contains coarse language and discusses mature themes. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, welcome to The Birds and the Bee with me, Chelsea B. And I'm joined here today by Battles, who is an actor and model. That's a bee! <laughs> <laughs> we also have David Piccolomini, who is a stand up comedian. It's a bee! <laughs> why are we doing these weird Italian? <laughs> I want Mario for no apparent reason. Yeah. It's racism already. Oh, God. As a piccolomini, I don't. Behind the, the camera, behind the scenes, we have Matt. He's also on camera. <laughs> it's a wild Luigi. <laughs> I love the commitment to the bit. Straight yeah. out the gate. <laughs> God, guys, we all yes and it. Yes. Um, thank you all so much for being here. Thought we just would have like a little casual chat um, just about your entrance into the poly the non-monogamous world um would like to hear you talk a little bit about the different art that you do you know your own journey and your work and kind of how that intersects um so we can start with david if you want to just give us a little background on yourself okay well uh first of all before anything i want to say this is it this does feel like we're getting like zoom fired a little bit it is really funny like i, I don't, don't know exactly how to play high, because sorry. like matt you are like sitting directly behind her a little bit like you're like i'm I, she's the bot but i'm controlling all the like he is hr <laughs> yeah i does i don't know exactly how to i'm chelsea from hr and we're, we're both also sitting on this like couch yeah you're fired no one's getting fired today, I promise. Okay, well, listen, I could say crazy stuff. Who knows? You can uh, get fired up. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm excited. Okay, so uh, I grew up evangelical Baptist, like super religious. Uh, went to school in like a homeschool co-op from uh, till I was 13. So I went to like school in like a church basement like three days a week. I uh, was just taught by like other people's moms. And then like two days a week I was at home with like my siblings. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I was in a very weird situation already to begin with. And then I went from there to public high school where I was, like, four foot seven my freshman year of high school. So, like, it was just a lot of, like, trauma dumped on different other types of trauma. And then, like, compacting that into, like, you know, like, don't have any emotions, like, in religious upbringing stuff. So then around 17, uh, in one of the few positive impacts Zack Snyder has had on my life. Uh, I saw the movie 300. Yeah, I know. Where was this going? Where? <laughs> I was I'm wondering. so curious. I'm invested. Uh, so I saw the movie 300. Uh, and because I was like a horny 17-year-old person with just like all the horror, I was like, yeah, well, let's fucking. And so I discovered LARPing from that. <gasps> okay. I love LARPing. Yeah. Oh, I LARPed for like 10 years. Wait, do you know Brendan Lee Mulligan? Yeah. Our okay. Lord and Savior? Yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> yeah. with Brendan Lee Mulligan. Yeah, love he's him. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I, uh, what's it called? Anyway, watch Game Changers, but okay. Uh, so I started LARPing, uh, pretty heavily and in LARPing, I started, like, I started drinking, like I discovered like different drug things and like met a whole bunch of other weird nerds. Cause, uh, the way I looked at it, like 
LARPing was where like you like I could be in like the top 10% of the bottom 25% socially. Uh, it was very much I like just got to like be around a whole bunch of other dorks and kind of figure myself out. Could we define LARPing for people who don't know? Oh, yeah. Live action role playing. It's uh, where you dress up in funny medieval clothing and hit your friends with foam weapons you made yourself. Uh, it's a short version. Uh, the one I did was like very not like LARP heavy. It wasn't like very role playing heavy. It was very like uh, like the way I kind of described it is like ultimate Frisbee for bigger nerds is kind of the vibe. It had a very like uh, now that I've been to some burn stuff, that's kind of similar in nature and vibe where people are just camping out. And then you go have a big battle for like three, four hours. And then you come back, you drink and you party and you hang out with people. You cook over a fire. It's really, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. But then I met people through it who were not monogamous because uh, LARPing is a gateway weird. It is. Yeah. So you do like, that's the thing. You do one weird aberrant thing and you're like, oh, people told me this would make me awful. And it's really fun. And I like this a lot. So what other things can I get into that people have told me is not so that's where you see higher BDSM people and BDSM groups in LARPing. Yeah, see, you were like, yeah. I'm excited about LARPing, and that's not a normal, like... I am your intended audience, though. Like, these are the things that I am interested in. Right, exactly. I have yeah. a D20 tattoo. Like, yeah. Exactly. So it is that funny thing of, like... So, but I'm saying, yeah, you find there's, like, more... Because it's like, oh, once you're into one weird thing, it's like, why not just go oh, down yeah, the rabbit Pandora's hole? Oh, yeah, Pandora's box. Yeah, exactly. And she was very lovely. Anyway... Her box is beautiful. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, this married woman who was very introverted was flirting with me for like years. But I didn't know that because I was still a weird introverted kid. Or like not introverted, but just weird, nerdy, was not experienced. Right, right. So we flirted back and forth without, but I, then I, she had like a husband. So I was like, oh, or she had a boyfriend all, always. So I was like, oh, this is fine. This is just friendly and whatever. And then at some point, uh, I saw I was going to meet up with my friend who I hadn't seen in a while because uh, he had just gotten back from being at war. Uh, oh, <laughs> casual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's fine, mostly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, listen, everything's bad. Uh, <laughs> so then I, I was hanging out with him and we were drinking. And then uh, she came out of the tent and I was like, oh, you're here. And it's like, yeah, we're married. And I was like, what? I'm okay. Well, I guess I missed out. Let's drink heavier, I guess. And then he was checking out a woman as uh, they as uh, she walked past us on a path. And he's like, "Oh man, I love being in an open marriage because like I get to bang other people." And he posted up for the high five, and his high five was uh, like, "I get to fuck other people." And my high five was, "I'm gonna bang your wife." Because now <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that was what was happening. And then so uh, like. It's like a bunch of awkward flirting and like fun and stuff. And then eventually we started hooking up and then it was really great. And then we kept seeing each other and then it became more uh, serious and more emotional and stuff. And then at the big event for like after like eight months of us dating, we did mushrooms together at this like uh, week long event. And it was like really emotional. And for the first time, like all these walls that I'd built up over like all my crazy religious upbringing kind of came down. And I was, like, able to say I love you for the first time, like, in a relationship. And it was, like, very much it kind of, like, freed up my mind about how I think about love and relationships and stuff. It's, like, it's not something you have to, like, hold on to because you can only give it to people where it's really special or something. But it's, like, if you just kind of give it away freely to people who uh, are respectful of it and everything, then it 
just keeps building and growing. Uh, yeah, and then I've just kept fucking around since. Yeah, I've just been a huge slut since. That sounds like a really, a really good introduction into the world, though. Like, a... oh, I'm very lucky for who like kind of brought me into like stuff and gave me a, kind of a basis. Yeah, but what what is it about uh, <laughs> like poly folk and like uh, the the realm of nerdum? The, the like everyone that I know that's, that does a run fair or there's game. a huge like board games it, it's never the high school cheerleader that turns out to be a uh, poly at the 10-year anniversary it's 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 well, always the nerds they, they are but they'll do it secretly oh they'll cheat that, I that, guess. yeah well, i don't even cheating. mean cheating though they'll just be into weird there's like weird sex of the suburbs too like i don't want to get into too many but like there's, <laughs> he's been there <laughs> <laughs> no, not but like I, uh, I still have adult friends in Wilm, like in my like home state and stuff, who like now have done weirder stuff. But it's like in their in like communities secret, like it's just kind of like a secret, like other of like, oh yeah, we all just kind of want to not just fuck our husband or wife. That is true. I, I was 22 when I started get, getting into like ENM and and group play and stuff like that. And all the friends that made fun of me then are now like, oh, Matt, um, could you give me some advice on how to open my marriage? <laughs> I heard you're a good person to ask. I'm like, do you remember like 10, 15 years ago when you shamed me for the same thing oh, that you're asking now? Yeah, it's crazy because I've, yeah, I've been doing this since I was 22 too. And it's now it's just like the world has changed enough. Yeah, I think everything is a lot more open in kind of the best way. I, think, I hope. Yeah. Well, I think it's the yeah the pandemic. I think everybody just being forced to be around uh, the person they love nonstop for ten months. Right. It uh, either made or broke a relationship. To be a sure. Lot of, but also, it uh, made a lot of people go, "Hey, I love you, but I could fuck other people." That's yeah. yeah I, I could definitely fuck other people. Or just I can't die only having fucked Kevin. Uh, I was in one of those relationships where Amazing. COVID. They were like. Yeah, I can't. This this can't be how this ends. So I'm gonna have to fuck other people, and then eventually they got divorced. But <laughs> well, it definitely made everyone reevaluate their priorities and like what was important. You yeah, know what I mean? That's true. It's just I, I always say I do best when I want to make like some sort of life change. If there can be some sort of great upheaval, because I'm very much a, a creature of like comfort and uh, you know repetition. And then the world did it for me. <laughs> like it was just such a oh now I have this excuse to pursue all these other passions so honestly the pandemic was really good for me in that sense yeah it just was like well the world's going to shit i might as well like live for myself <laughs> battles what was your your introduction into into this world was it uh very similar origin story grew up super super catholic uh, we didn't talk about sex. Uh, I remember so vividly, my mom took me to see Forrest Gump. And I can't remember how old I was, but I was definitely like... 300 versus Forrest Gump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is the movies, man. Uh, and Zemeckis, deals with a vengeance. <laughs> that guy wasn't Popeye. No, thank God. Uh, there was a scene where, like, uh, you know, Jenny is pleasuring Forrest, and my mom grabbed my wrist, yanked me out of the theater, yelled at the person who, like the teenager who was like the, the front concierge for selling me the ticket and like drove home and did nothing but say like, oh my God, I can't believe they let you in. How irresponsible. This was filth and garbage. And I was like, mom, this was a Tom Hanks movie. Like, yeah. good God, woman. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I also remember having hypothetical, uh, hypothetical situation conversations with my mom, like, Hey, you know, like, what if I met a woman and like, we fell in love and like, we wanted to start a family and adopt. And she's like, well, that's, 
that's just that's so um that's so inhumane for a child like how could you how could you put that on uh, a young individual having two moms in a homosexual relationship like that's so irresponsible yeah just thinking about mom's fingering yeah how are those kids i'm such a bad parent Potentially, because I like a woman. So anyway, that was kind of like where where I came from. So I was terrified about sex for the longest time. I was also kind of unfortunate looking. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer. So like. Hell yeah, late bloomer class. (laughs) So like all through high school and college, I don't blame people not wanting to fuck me. And also like I. (laughs) I mean, I. Yeah, I I understand what you mean. I don't feel very fuckable either. So, um, so fast forward, I was fully 34, I think, 33 or 34 when I lost my virginity. Whoa. Yeah. To uh, this guy that I was super, super interested in. We had, like, this literally, like, five-year courtship where he just, like, tiptoed to, like, you know, us sleeping together. He didn't know for, like, the longest time that he was my first either. Because the first time we had sex, we he was real drunk, and he found the wrong hole. And I took it like a champ, and uh, he didn't Whoa. ask questions. <laughs> so that was an awesome conversation. Wow, you really are so Catholic. Yeah, and subsequently, well, that was that was a mistake. Well, it was fine. Um, God, and then, God didn't know. <laughs> yeah, God, God didn't care if you take it up the bunghole. He only cares about vaginas. Um, so, <laughs> flash forward uh, to bleh, September 2021. I want to say. I did a, a short film up in Rochester, and my uh, the co-star that I was with uh, was very young and very hot and very talented. And I remember we had our cast party, and we just kind of got like a little flirty there. Like he had his head in my lap, and uh, the so the movie itself was also like very. Um, uh, very flirty like it's about a couple trying to reignite their relationship so like first day we're like we're making out on camera so like we already kind of like had that bubble like popped mm-hmm. uh so like I was giving him a massage and like all of a sudden I was like fuck this is unprofessional like <laughs> I'm this is my younger co-star I've gone to Cougarville so I like literally ran out of the room and I was so embarrassed but we kept talking, and he came to visit me in New York, and like I, he was gonna stay with me. Yeah, and I'm I was sure like, he was like, he hated. Yeah, <laughs> sure, because I'm old. No, uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll stay on the couch, and he like I'll be like a gentleman given my room or whatever. What? No, I just I didn't. I was like, like well, maybe maybe not, we'll like but... make out or something. Again, just like so naive. And I remember the first night he's like, "Do you want to see my FetLife profile?" And I was like, "What's that?" And then I did. And then like we did everything. And when I say we didn't see the light of day for a week, like so accurate. It was the funnest uh most eye-opening experience I've ever had um and I was continuing to see like we were in a relationship uh with each other for like about six months I was still seeing Chris on the side because he was he was Polly so that was like my foray into that whole world I love that his first move was hey you want to see my FetLife profile (laughs) yeah Baller, man. Fucking baller. <laughs> what kinks specifically do you want to know that I'm into? <laughs> I don't even remember reading because I, I think my eyes glazed over because I was like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, the other funny part was like he starts unpacking. And this is the other like, oh, this is this is different than what I thought was going to happen. 
So he, like he four sex toys. No, truly. Oh my god. He I had love a it. duffel bag that he brought from Rochester, and he's like unpacking it, and then he gets to the bottom and he starts pulling out like a ball gag and a whip and like a dildo, and I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Man, it was okay. like a bag of tricks or a bag of infinite holding of sex toys just like coming out. It was what a what a strong move to assume. Yeah, wow. I, mean, I was into it. Assumed right. Though. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> he guessed right, but imagine the other side of the story. Oh, yeah, where... that flip side. I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I want to know all the times where he guessed wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Bless him. <laughs> Like, how many times has he tried that in the past, and he was, like, completely in the wrong? That feels like 23-year-old confidence, though. That yeah. feels like... I mean, by that time, like, we had a bunch of phone sex. Like, I mean, he... Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And you just okay. thought he might sleep on the couch? Hold on. No, I'm dumb. <laughs> you gave us the story in a weird order. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we had we had a pretty intense flirtation going on. <laughs> but I just, still... You felt guilty about the massage. Meanwhile, you're like... Bleh, 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 bleh. Wait, I want to see you come. Let me see you come. <laughs> yeah, like, and you're like, it's so weird he brought sex toys. I thought he might sleep on the couch. No, I was going to sleep on the couch. Oh, no wonder he asked to show you his FetLife profile. This makes way more sense now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I didn't see those really obvious things. I was, I was, I was, what? I said, these are very different entrance stories, but I like it. I was like, who is this Casanova? And then I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, he knew what he was getting into. It was like, he was also like fully 29. Like, you know. What? This is barely even a cougar story. Oh my gosh. You fucked uh, someone from your short film. That's fine. <laughs> I did. I did do that. Um, can you define FetLife for people who are unaware? Because oh, right. it's it's not it's 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 an older one, but it's not as popular as it used to be. Uh from that one rudimentary experience, uh from what I understand, it's kind of like uh it's a dating website, but you kind of like list your kinks rather than like I like hiking and beaches. It's like I like Pegging and ball gags. It's like fetish MySpace. Yeah, there. That's better. That that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not. It's it's still, and I think it's part of its safety in like like how there aren't uh, like there weren't viruses for Max for so long because people just didn't make them for him. I think it's one of those things where the popularity of it isn't as. Uh, but it's also kind of self-selecting. Like you really have to want to be on Fat Life. To be on it, you can't just like like you can't just search for people in a very easy way. It's not designed. It's designed for you to find like events and other king people, and then when you meet them in person, they're very easy to find. First rule of Fet Life: Don't talk about Fet Life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, especially if that's your kink. Yeah. <laughs> Something about about Fet Life and, and just the king community in general. It's like people who are in it are really in it. Yeah. It's they live for it. I've noticed. Oh yeah, it is. It is a lifestyle for a lot of people. It is like very much like their like it's their hobby, and because you have to also then practice because you got to get better at it on the off on the yeah. off times and then the off season yeah. of LARPing. There is though, you gotta you keep can, up your game. You can be a really great team if you really put a lot into it. Sure. Yeah. Um, when I moved to New York, I I was introduced to FetLife first, and I thought the poly community was only into like kink. Hot yeah. cupping and spanking and flogging and all this other stuff. I'm like, is there any like good times and cuddles kind of yeah. things? And it took me many months until I figured out that there was, oh, there's another side to this. Because I, I only knew about the kink side for a long time. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Can someone just hold me? Yeah, I just want to be hold, held by <laughs> multiple people, spoon? please. Aftercare is very important for me. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so you're both in the art world and creating, and so tell the audience a little bit more about what you do, and then if this part of your life, how that intersects with with what you create, with what you with what you do to make money. It's interesting too because in comedy, it, it there's so much old comedy that is about like ball and chain jokes and it's very toxic and it's yeah, no it's about, it's about multiple ball and chain jokes now it's just i'm complaining about my multiple wives that's usually most of my act <laughs> it's just oh my wife oh she doesn't want to fuck me so my second wife also doesn't want to fuck me oh so we just moved into multiples but no <laughs> respect from any of my wives <laughs> Yeah, but but seriously, how does does it play a role in in the way that you shape your writing? I pushed very much. Uh, so the first hour I did, actually, you guys know, like, was like it's the first ten years of my. I'm a stand-up comedian, so it's the first like ten years of my act, and a lot of it isn't. Uh, it's personal, but it's not as personal. It's not like about my like a lot of my stuff from my past and stuff, and more kind of like surface level stuff about like some of the stuff I used to do, or like I have like one larping joke in there. And uh, the thing I've done that the thing I liked the most in it was my eight minute bit about STDs, about like the like how they're not it's the stigma around them is way worse than actually getting one. And then I go into this long bit about it where I deconstruct it. And it's really fun to do. But the other thing I like about it is I want when people think about stuff like that, like in like sex positivity and stuff, I want when people think about like the next time they hear the word chlamydia or something, they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, I want that to kind of be like if the joke's funny enough to kind of just to like sit in their head with it. Uh, and now like, I don't, I don't talk a lot about non-monogamy. I'm kind of flirting with it more and more, but it's really hard to talk about on stage because of how ingrained, like, especially like the institution of marriage is that if you talk about it, like it's nice right now because polyamory is starting to show up in stand up as judgmental jokes, which is the step you have to make because you have to get to awareness before you can get to acceptance. Yeah. So there's a lot of like judgmental poly jokes that are happening right now that aren't necessarily bad, but they'll just be like polyamory. What a bunch of sex weirdos and then move on. You know, I mean, they'll do like a weird. And so I haven't done a lot of them yet just because like in the right crowds, it's really fun to do them. But like I'll have jokes like uh a rom-com where it's like, oh, why don't you, uh, or like, I don't under, rom-com movies are now hard for me to understand. <laughs> Cause like, they'll be like this man, he's like amazing for me. And like, he's like rich and can take care of me. And like, we'll get, be together and we'll have like a great stable life Or this man's like exciting and passionate and loves the arts and will like inspire me to like achieve new creative greats. And I don't know which one I should choose. And I'm like, just fuck them both. Yeah. Fuck them you both. Have them both. Get after it, girl. You also both. don't know if either of them are good at sex. Like try, like at least, even if you're going to pick one, audition both, please. <laughs> like you should. Exactly. I like that joke in front of the right crowd is really fun to do. <laughs> and in front of the wrong people, they're just like, well, that doesn't align with anything I believe in. That's not I laughed. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you also. <laughs> I'm in the know. <laughs> you happen to, you're on the same podcast right, right, as me. Right. I'm here. <laughs> is that where I, I, I booked you guys together on purpose. It yeah. Wasn't like <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Battles. What? Tell us a little bit about what you do. And yeah. So I moved to the city uh, initially to pursue a career in musical theater. I went to school for musical theater all through high school and college. Uh, got Did burnt they not out tell you? so quick, man. I thought I was going to be the next, I don't even know, Maren Maisie, who knows, 
R.I.P. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's a grind. You meant literally. Yeah. <laughs> she died. And you're like, my turn to step in. Yes. Move over, Marin. It's battle's time in the spotlight. No. Uh, no, I, I, I hated the grind. I hated auditioning. I hated. Auditions are awful. Oh, man. It was just, it was so soul sucking. And I had a, a manager at the time and we had our, our weekly check-in and she would just berate me for not doing enough. And I finally was like, fuck it, I, I quit. So I stopped auditioning and I was just kind of doing like odd jobs, kind of like bartending around the city. I got into marketing and then I realized I missed it. Um, so then my marketing job kind of by a weird turn of events took me into voiceover. Um, so I was working at a voiceover studio for a while and then I... Uh, got kind of like in with a really cool creative crowd and I started like collaborating with a lot of like photographers uh, so I was doing modeling and, and stuff like that and I found out that like a lot of models are reticent to take off their clothes and I didn't fucking care <laughs> so I started doing a lot a of skill set <laughs> no right I don't care if I'm naked uh, this is only going to stay north for so long, so I want to document it. This is very musical theater of uh, you. Truly. Here, let me tell you my I want song. <laughs> um, I want my booze to stay up here. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, then I just started doing a lot more, like, fine art nudes. Um, and we've we've gotten really cool creative uh, in terms of, like, some of the collaborations. I did a whole... Um, a whole thing like underwater uh, for a whole bunch of them. Uh, oh, that's yeah, cool. it's, it's been, that'll get them to stay up. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, it's been really fun. So, and yeah, that's kind of been like kind of like the 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 turn for me. And I've I've still kind of kept the dream alive by auditioning for more TV and film. And again, it's just like. I think now there's You get a, to fuck that guy from that short film. That's oh a huge win as an actor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bang the co-star. <laughs> uh, but no, I think there's a lot more uh, awareness in terms of like intimacy directors and like Oh yeah, being... that's a great like new innovation. Yeah. <laughs> so like having having those conversations and just making sure everyone is comfortable versus just like jumping in, I think is like a really nice kind of place that we're starting to land. So you think that that's that's the part that's had influence between your professional and personal life? No, recognizing that sort of intimacy in, in scenes. Yeah, yeah, because it as long as I think the the thing that kind of hangs people up, especially for me, is like, you know, I get into my own head. I don't feel comfortable. Like I, because it is, it's choreography. So if I don't know what I'm doing, or if I don't know how the other actor is going to respond, like in at least some general sense. It sounds like you weren't able to predict how he was going to respond <laughs> based on all that sexting. <laughs> Well, like I said, that was uh, that was just a, a blind spot for me in that moment. But no, it like it frees you up as an artist just because you're you're more comfortable and then you're able to like explore the scene. I mean, I don't want to go the the Barry Coogan route, but like that man like improvised fucking whole like because he he was on set. It was a a very intimate uh, crew. He was empowered by the director, and that scene is awesome. <laughs> so that was improvised. Yep. Yep. It Man. was. Hats off to Barry. Men will fuck mud. That's wild. <laughs> There's a That's hole my penis can go in it. All right. <laughs> just just have a, you know, 86 sums with earthworms. I don't <laughs> Anyway. I don't yeah. know how many earthworms are underground. <laughs> <laughs> just on the surface. <laughs> surface level. <laughs> surface surface level hole. <laughs> Most holes are actually. <laughs> That's all holes are inherently pretty surface level. Got it. No, it's fucking like geysers out here. That's too dangerous. 
off the rails. Squirting. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Your work and that intersection um, for people listening who are just interested or want to know more about the lifestyle. Do you have like a advice or a different perspective or, or anything that you would want to, I guess, tell tell people who might be interested in? We we do get a lot of newbies, a lot of couples that are opening up their relationship, and they they leave us messages. So it's oh cool, yeah. okay. So any anything that I guess you can hot. It it, it is. I, I have a I have a. <laughs> I have a I have a newbie fetish, which is also like a shot in my own oh, foot because yeah, oh man, it's yeah you can't like <laughs> I I like seeing them get naked for the first time in front of a group of people, but then you have to deal with all the drama that because <laughs> they're yeah, it's so a new. lot of coaching. I was gonna say it's too much responsibility for me. <laughs> it's like that's this too is much. like the this is like the most responsible form of grooming I've ever heard of. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm we kidding. Yeah, <laughs> need no. that rumor to start again. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, no, that's very okay. different. Well, it's very different to introduce people to a light, like to be like, "Hi, if you want to learn more about," because I've I've also like, because of like dating on the internet and stuff. It's like Ugh. if you want to learn more about like polyamory, I can tell you more about it. Or if you want to be in a relationship with me, like that's one of my things. So it is one of those things where I've had to like introduce people to it, but it is a lot of teaching sometimes. Matt like, introduced me. I was completely monogamous like i've really Gross. only been like two years now so <laughs> i know now i'm like learning i was uh, i was just a fetish <laughs> you just hate learning yeah now that you you know too much she was bitten by the non-monogamy vampire i like to say you can't be unbitten. i will say yeah that is i think is a lot of people end up staying non-monogamous after i date the, like i couldn't i could never go back yeah i would say my advice would just be be as openly communicative as possible. I think I, I think that kind of rings true for any relationship, but because there are kind of like some avenues and people might not be aligned on like what's you know what's within bounds, what's what are things that are out of bounds is just like really make sure like I, I just love radical consent, just kind of checking in at every point, making sure that everyone's still like copacetic. Um, yeah, just continually talking and checking in was I, especially if you're first starting out, I think that's the the soundest advice I could give. Yeah, especially uh, there's a lot of like just if you yeah, if you're not actively communicating, either the non-monogamy or your relationship won't survive. Yeah. Sometimes both. But like, yeah, you have to, like, you can you can kind of, like, there's a lot more you can get away with if you're just seeing one person. Suddenly, if you're dating multiple people, your partner's seeing how you date. And so there'll be other conversations around that. There's other things that you're not even thinking about that will come up. So make sure that you and your partner are already in a good place because there will be stuff that will put you in a worse place overall that you will just need to, like, deal with and communicate through that will make your relationship stronger overall when you deal with them. Yeah. And I hope that in media, we're kind of phasing out of this old idea that opening up your relationship is a way to save your relationship. Yeah. 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 And it has to be in like a solid spot. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chelsea. So I was just going to say, if you're not solid beforehand, opening the relationship is not going to fix anything. No, it's a relationship bonus to a degree. Yeah. It's like, or yeah, and like if you guys are both well-versed in it, obviously it's a much easier bonus to hit. But <laughs> overall, yeah, if you're not in a good place with your relationship, you're not going to be able to f fuck around in the way you want anyway. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah, I tell, I tell, tell people all the time, like, nothing ever bad came from more communication. Ah. Like no one, no one ever said, "Oh yeah, we we broke up because we just communicated too well." 
Oh, that's fair. So. I was I could say too much though. I would say Well TMI versus <laughs> I had a 24-hour argument one time, and that oh, was, Jesus. yeah, that was awful. Well, oh. there's talking, and then there's communicating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yes, fair, fair. That's an important distinction. But I think that's a good distinction to bring up here, because people will be like, we talk all the time. It's like, no, but are you communicating? Yeah. Are you getting things across? Are boundaries being respected? Are you know, listening to met? each other? That sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. My, my partner of 10 years, uh, I just keep going back because he's just super comfortable. Uh, he takes care of me. It's like super safe. I love it. He now has a beautiful place upstate that I get to like hide out in the woods all weekend. Film your short films. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starring me. <laughs> They're not borns. Um... <laughs> but it would be okay if they were. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Visit me at www. No. Um, oh gosh, I lost the thread on this. Oh right. Um, upstate. Guy. Yes, upstate guy. Um, but no, like we again, we've been together for ten years, off and on, um, and. I I don't think we've ever had a conversation like we talk, but it's like we've never sat down and like did a deep dive about anything except the one time I was like, hey, do you see this going anywhere? Would you like want to call us a couple? And he was like, no. And that devastated me because I felt like we we should put a label on it at this point at, to some degree. Um, so I felt like very discarded um, and we didn't talk for a couple months. But like, yeah, we don't communicate we just talk at each other and it's wild because i i don't know if you could gather this like i am an oversharer like yeah, yeah, yeah. you ask me a question i'll like tell you like the deepest darkest answer from like the pits of my soul but you yeah. were fighting about this 10-year relationship <laughs> yeah. you called him your partner at this and then he were like he yeah but he doesn't want to put a label on it yeah whatever it's fine uh i'm still not hurt uh but no it's it is wild to like think about that <laughs> That whole aspect of our our existence is just yeah yeah we don't we don't go deep. <laughs> We're the, no, <laughs> yeah. you don't go deep emotionally. Right, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> he's, Something he's very, has to be good. He's very adequate. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. That'd be weird <laughs> if you were like, oh, so he sucks in bed. We'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you what? Yes, okay. No, we figured he's that's going well. Yeah, it's very cool that you guys like your uh relationship style like kind of lays over your careers gently it's not like you only do work about non-monogamy it's like it's there but it's not the main crust of it and you kind of normalize it at the same time i i really want to push sex positivity stuff throughout my act that's really more of like something that like i because that's one of the things where it's like that's kind of the access point mm -hmm. it's like you have to get through all these like uh because like Shame, I think, is the biggest kink in America. We just don't see it because it's mm. just overlaying over most of, like, it's, like, how much sex is hotter because it's bad. It's, like, it's, like, you want dirty, hot sex, but it's, like, the dirtier it is, the better. It's, like, that kind of language is all wrapped around it. And so I think it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, part of it is kind of breaking some of that stigma and stuff. Yeah, and for people who don't know your comedy, you're you're uh, not clean. No, I'm pretty filthy. Uh, yeah. What? So you can be sex positive and be pretty filthy. That's yeah, um, yeah. It's, the idea is talking about it in ways that are like, well, think about it like the like it's like the idea of like treating STDs as anything more than a disease, like because that's what it is. It's and uh, most of them are short term diseases, <laughs> like even in that state. And then most uh, like there's also. Uh, this isn't in the joke anymore, but there's a whole thing about how uh, a disease researcher was like, oh, at this point, uh, AIDS is easier to maintain uh, as a disease than diabetes is. 
like AIDS is a much easier uh, like disease to like deal with than yeah. diabetes. It's like a chronic problem now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a death sentence by any. But that's like yeah, exactly. And it's so it's like weird stuff like that where that's been true for now a decade plus, and it's still like obviously. Although I guess in the queer community, it's slowly kind of not really being a big deal, like seen as a big of a deal because of like how prep has evolved and everything. Yeah. And, and I think and the thing about uh, people from outside of the community that ask me about non-monogamy, they're like, oh, Matt, aren't you scared about STIs? And I'm like, honestly, the way that everyone communicates with each other makes me feel so much safer than going into a club and bringing home a stranger yeah. <laughs> like i don't know like we, we don't have a relationship we're not communicating i don't i when i sleep with someone in the community i know everyone that they've slept with and I, they I, they can all vouch for each other and if it feels a lot safer that way so yeah there's a risk to anything yeah but sure. i think my my risk assessment is much different than doing it the normal way quote unquote <laughs> picking up someone at a bar and to circle circle back to the initial question, too, because I had a, a thought on that, is personally, if I find a person who is kind of defined by one thing, like if I met you and you're like, I'm the ethically non-monogamous guy, and that's the whole uh, personality. yeah. Like, no. I hate that. Um, and I find people like that across the board. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the D&D guy. I'm, I'm the cheerleader girl. Like, whatever. It's just you let this whole this one aspect of your life kind of wash over and define everything about you. And I, I just, again, I find that so boring. <laughs> I think so. we're so close to bullying autistic people. Be careful. Oh gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I probably am. Uh, but I wasn't thinking I just, that. I just find that like the, the more multifaceted people are and like, this is just one little like spice. Let it be a part of your personality, but not like define anyone who's like, like uh, there are people like, I always think about that with like kink, people and stuff like uh you know kinky people in your life like people like in your life are kinky and you don't know that they're kinky because they're not one in talking five of about your friends it. are kinky yeah one in five <laughs> well one in five men have a foot fetish it's like it's crazy like it's the amount it's like one in 18 i want to say or something like that he knows the stats on the foot guys well it's Fetishes are weird. We don't know where they come from. Uh, anyway, uh, so oh, and it's probably like somewhat with trauma. There's a whole bunch of different things they think about. Anyway, so foot fetish. Uh, but your friends are kinky. But your kinky friends aren't talking to you about it because you're not cool. The f- yeah. the friends who you hear that talk to you about kink are the not cool friends in kink. They're just the people who don't know how to talk about it in non-public situations because it's their whole personality. They're like, we're the rope guy or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh God. Rope guy Tim. You know rope yeah, guy Tim. Like, like, it's like, oh yeah, I love tying people up and that's all they want to talk about. But it's like most of the people who are into tying someone up are talking about it with the other people that like tying people up. Right. As opposed to with you know, a bunch of people at a dinner party being like, wow, you really tied up that turkey. But, you know, I could also do something <laughs> similar. I think the Shabari guy has now become the new guy who brings the guitar at the party. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the king version. I like the Shabari guy. <laughs> he brings guitar strings and you're like, oh, no, this could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with those? <laughs> you just hand him a turkey and see what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts? Wow, great interviewing. Incredible work. Listen, <laughs> just happy to be here. I'm talking here. I'm just here to guide. 
I really, there's something really special about what tell you about Shibari guys while actively looking at children's toys. I'll say that. <laughs> that is, that's probably my final thought. Just for context, for people who don't, there's, uh, I gotta push away a bunch of children's toys from view. But also, there's like a stripper pole and a workout thing. So this room has a lot of mixed messages. <laughs> there's a guitar behind you, too. Oh, there it is. Oh my God. Clap Shibari back, clap away. <laughs> Not too tight. Matt, you're getting turkey tied. <laughs> Those things will make you bleed. <laughs> yeah, that will really hurt. Yeah, guitar wire, really. Yeah, that's that's for killing people. Uh, <laughs> that's not kink. That's killing. That's just murder. Guys, let, just welcome murder. to my new OnlyFans game show, Kink or Killing. <laughs> they, won't, they won't let that on OnlyFans. <laughs> well, we don't murder people on it. <laughs> we just, you pick the thing and it's like, is this for kink or will this kill someone? Okay. Oh, there is a fun game that I play sometimes with a friend. Is like uh, gym equipment or sex toy. Yeah, there's, see, a, yeah, there's a this fine is a line. Game. I'm okay. I'm <laughs> yeah, on board. No. Yeah, like you just show we'll like one later. of those obscene <laughs> dildos. That's like, will is this cake or will it kill someone? Uh, let, let me tell you though, and Chelsea, you know, let me this. watch someone use it. <laughs> You you are not allowed to say words like pegging on OnlyFans, but you can say the word murder. <laughs> watch me murder this asshole with my fake dick. <laughs> My dildo is going to absolutely. There's going to be a fatality. (laughs) Only fans really prioritizes the way that they censor their content. Interesting priorities. This interview brought me by OnlyFans. I think we're just learning a lot about your page. Uh, (laughs) We don't even have sponsors yet, but we're never going to have that in the future. No, you just got to get like the vibrator bunny and stuff. Like, oh. uh, you got to get, you just go to the sex toy company. Nord, Nord VPN, I'm sure. We'll oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hide your shit? Uh, Ray, Raycon earbuds. Hey, <laughs> you try to watch Office in India. You can do that. <laughs> Nord VPN. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not a paid sponsor, nor will they ever No, be. right. Uh, Maybe yeah, we can say whatever we want about them. <laughs> Surfshark's up for grabs. Yeah. We're on Spotify now, so we can say whatever the fuck we want. Before, we were just on YouTube, so I was censoring a lot. You don't have to censor on YouTube. Or I guess, yeah, if you want more views. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they, they hide you pretty well on YouTube if you yeah. say too much. It's so wild. <laughs> Ugh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> Chelsea, you want to do a send-off? Yes. Um, yeah, this has been one of the most entertaining conversations to date. Um, today. We roll. Oh, today. Yeah, oh, never mind. Yeah, oh, oh, that was a low bar. <laughs> Chelsea's like I've talked to three small townsmen. <laughs> Excuse me, villagers. Yeah, sorry, villagers. villagers. I should know that as a larper. I call everybody a villager. Uh, Fair enough. Yes. Um, thank y'all for your time, for your stories. Uh, appreciate it, Matt. Any other final thoughts from you from me, this great interviewer? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, battles. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, it's a me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, this is super fun. And, like, I, I'm i really happy, like, these subjects are, like I said, a lot more um, ubiquitous, talked about, uh, you know, people accept them, and the community is growing. So thank you for just doing your part to keep everything above board. Well, you're doing the Lord's work. So yeah. thank Thanks. you. Yeah, I'll keep fucking. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're- I fuck for Jesus. And Matt, from the bottom of my heart, wahoo. Uh, Okay, this is off the rails. Thank y'all again. Appreciate you. And uh, and we'll be back next time. 